0: You're listening to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast with your hosts, Vanessa Weisbrod and Emily Friedner.
1: Welcome to the Gluten-Free Guide Podcast. I'm Vanessa Weisbrod, coming to you from the Celiac Disease Program at Children's National Health System. I want to start by saying a huge thank you to the Walter and Jean Boak Global Autoimmune Institute for their ongoing support and partnership to make this podcast possible. Today we're talking about a topic that's very important and crucial for people living with celiac disease. Making sure that the grains they eat are actually safe and clean for a gluten free diet. As we all know, manufacturers have lots and lots of issues with cross-contamination with different crops growing in the same fields. So when they're growing gluten-free grains, it's super important they take lots of precautions to make sure that the grains stay clean and uncontaminated during the whole manufacturing process. Today, we have a very special guest. Lori Fishbard, who's a certified health coach from the Healthy Heartbeat, and is here to talk to us all about the manufacturing processes. So I'm going to toss it over to Lori, who's hanging out with our correspondent, Ellen. So take it away, Lori.
2: I'm so glad you could join us today, Ms. Bard, and tell us about your experiences as a health and wellness counselor and what you tell your patients with celiac disease. What can you advise our listeners about the most common grains available that are gluten-free? So
0: the one that always comes to mind first is rice, and my favorites are brown and wild. I think they're the most nutritious. Um, others include quinoa, uh, buckwheat, millet, um, and corn. A lot of people think corn is a vegetable, but corn is indeed a grain.
2: So we are always thinking of celiac patients, about cross-contamination, and I know that it can be a concern for grains. So, how does that happen, and what can be done to help avoid it?
0: Right. So, unfortunately, it could happen at every stage of the process, right? So, it can happen from the farm all the way to the packaging. So, for instance, on the farm, um, if a field has rotational crops and they are growing other crops in addition to you know, a gluten-free grain, then you've got cross-contamination. If you have a field that's in uh, close proximity to a gluten-free grain and the wind blows, you have a strong wind, seeds can land on the field. So farming, harvesting, then when it goes to the manufacturing facility, when you're processing it and milling it, again, if the equipment is not thoroughly cleaned in between uses and it's not a dedicated gluten-free facility, you've got a big risk there. That's why we always favor companies that have the dedicated gluten free facilities. Um, And then it goes to shipping and packaging. And sometimes the trucks are used for multiple, they're independent contractors and they're used for multiple companies. If those trucks aren't cleaned, then guess what? There could be cross contamination there. Um, And then it comes to the consumer, you know, and then it's kind of up to us to make sure that our environments are such that we are free from cross contamination. And if we eat out, We need to make sure to ask all the right questions
2: at the restaurants or eateries that we go to. You mentioned dedicated gluten-free facilities, which makes me wonder, you know, what are the things that a person with celiac disease can do when they're making choices in the grocery store about buying grains?
0: Right. So the main thing to look at is the labeling. So we know that if it says gluten-free, then it has to meet FDA requirements, which is below 20 parts per million. We also know that if it says certified free, uh, certified gluten-free, then it's certified by the GFCO, which is the Gluten-Free Certification Organization, which adheres to a standard of below 10 parts per million. So I would say as a celiac myself and as a mother of my 16-year-old celiac daughter, I do tend to look towards things that say certified gluten-free or I do my research and I call companies and I ask, you know, what are your standards? And you'd be surprised that many companies actually uh, go for, they try to adhere to a standard less than the 20 parts per million, which is good.
2: If a company is choosing to label their product as gluten-free, are they required to test the product?
0: They are. If um, they put gluten-free on that label, then it needs to be tested at multiple stages of the process. Now it doesn't need to be third party tested, which is kind of a higher level of testing and a lot of companies are are kind of doing that. Um, But it does need to go through strict protocols to make sure that it meets the basic standard of less than 20 parts per million.
2: Are there things that manufacturers do to protect their gluten-free grains after they leave the facility? You know, once that product is out and they have
0: it labeled gluten-free, it's on them. And, you know, we've, we've seen, we saw with Cheerios, unfortunately, with General Mills, they had that little mishap in October of 2015, where unfortunately, a a, a A lot uh, of contaminated Cheerios were found. They immediately recalled them and they looked back at their practices and it turned out it was a contaminated truck and they now don't use independent contractors for trucks. They use their own trucks. So, you know, they go back, if that happens, they go back and they kind of tweak their process. But they do, if they label it gluten-free, then they're putting that product out there and us as, as customers, consumers are going to expect that that product is safe for us to eat.
2: Oats can be a bit controversial, yes. and I think over time the thinking may have even changed about what is appropriate regarding oats. Yes, What do you tell your patients yes. about that?
0: So oats are a challenge um, because if they're not labeled gluten-free, they're probably most likely going to have gluten in them. They are a rotational crop, like I mentioned at the beginning, so they are always grown with other um, wheat, barley, rye. Um, grains. So they have to be labeled gluten-free. If your oats are not labeled gluten-free, I tell my patients not to buy them, assume that they are not safe to eat. Now, I actually take it a step further. There are some, a small population of celiacs who can't tolerate oats, even if they are gluten-free because the, they have a sensitivity to the protein. I'm actually one of them. So I always say to my patients, you know, if you have a reaction from oats, don't assume it's cross contamination. It may be, but try a different brand. If you still have a reaction, chances are you just might not be able to tolerate oats, and it's sad because I know a lot of gluten free products have oats in them. Um, but as a celiac myself, that avoids oats, it can be done.
2: What kind of organizations exist that that help people make choices? I know you mentioned GFCO. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that and any other organizations that can help.
0: Yes. So GFCO is great. They are, like I said, the gluten-free certification organization. They adhere to a standard of less than 10 parts per million. They, I think they certify more than 27,000 products um, from 700 companies in more than 25 countries worldwide. So I hear from some of the, um, in the research I was doing, I hear from some companies that it's a little expensive and burdensome to go through that process, but I think it is worth it as a consumer to see that label on there, to know that this is a safe product. Um, and then, of course, we have our government, right? We have the FDA, and they their job is to set the standards and to enforce them, and they have set the standard at below 20 parts per million.
2: What are some of the most important things that you feel People with celiac disease need to know to stay safe when they're making choices about what they're going to eat. Yeah.
0: I always say know what you're putting in your bodies. You can trust the labels. If they say gluten-free, if they don't say gluten-free, or if they say there's a risk of cross-contamination, either call the company. I've had very good experience picking up the phone, talking to people. If the company is not willing to talk to you, that's a red flag, and you maybe will choose a different product. But always just say do your homework and know what you're putting in, in your body.
2: Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I I think you know, basically
0: what I just said, I think if you have a gut reaction that something's not working for you, trust your body. Our bodies are smart and they always try to communicate with us. Um, so I would say you know, know, do your homework, but then if you're having something that still, you know, might be gluten-free, but for whatever reason, it doesn't agree with you, kind of follow the lead of your body.
2: Well, this has been such an interesting conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ellen.
1: Thank you so much, Lori, for all of that great information about finding safe gluten-free grains. I think our listeners definitely got the point that it's super important to always contact the manufacturer to make sure that the grains they're purchasing are absolutely safe. I hope everyone out there enjoyed today's podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon.